Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This thing right here is for my people's in the Yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one might be. There is a pause. Throughout the stadium, as this man sounds like he just coughs up a lung. Just looking around, the jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need? Uh, CPR or something And at that, that particular time I lost it <laughs> Devon Drucker Yes, yes, yes Today Phoenix is another place They got a great uh, training staff I mean they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq And you can do that you know, People talk a lot about their <laughs> training staff Lock, lock yes, yes, today you know, as we start this show, this one mic. Welcome to RFG One Mic. This is your host, one of your co-hosts, D. Wilkes, uh, and we want to welcome you to uh, one of our podcasts that's on our Real Sports Guys platform. We want to encourage you all, before we get started, to go to realsportsguys.com uh, to connect with all things Real Sports Guys. Or if you just want to listen to us, catch us on the podcast. You can do it on Blog Talk Radio, or you can catch us on iTunes or, or any uh, other podcast platform. Um, we are, uh, are here and ready to go. It's a great show that we're going to have today. We're expecting a special guest uh, to join us uh, tonight. Uh, all things go well. Uh, Sean Higgins, uh, a former member of the National Championship Team in 1989, National Championship Team in Michigan, the, to join us uh, to talk about the hire at Michigan, uh, what does it mean to have Juwan Howard come home, and what that's going to look like. So we're excited to have a conversation with him. But before I proceed, i got to bring in my co-host, uh, the folks who kind of keep together with me, uh, keep me going, keep me strong. Uh, let me start with the young and night, my man Darnell. How you doing? Ball squad! <laughs> What's on the skirt? Don't need to be complaining. Hit that boy so hard, make a feel it in Brazil. <laughs> yes, 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 It was a wonderful night in boxing. It was a wonderful night in boxing, and we're going to definitely hit that. That's going to be a topic we're going to hit here in the open mic. And you know we definitely – he's excited, so we know we're going to hear from the young and Darnell. We're going to have a lot more to talk about that, that fight and things around uh, boxing. It was, it was a, a thrilling night in boxing. But i got to bring in my man with nothing but, this, but straight jab in his pocket. My man, Hank. How you doing, Hank? Hey, I'm doing real good. And you know what? Those old schools always got a puncher's chance to knock them out the box. So, you know, I want to take this opportunity to also 
wish each and every one of our listeners a very, very happy and a very, very safe Memorial Day weekend. The official, unofficial start of summer starts right now. That's right. And, you know, uh, that means we, you know, we're going to get some more of those Inside the Park episodes that Hank will hit. You know, that baseball season, that's where it starts to rev up. And so we're going to look forward to that uh, as well as, as also re- uh, activating other pack, uh, our other podcasts on our platform. So it's exciting. It's exciting right now. And uh, as I said, uh, here in a little bit, we'll have a chance to, to talk to, you know, one of the former, one of the alums of the Michigan program and, and, and get that Michigan perspective on what's been happening there. Uh, I had a chance to watch Jalen Rose this morning. Uh, he was clean, 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 you know, wearing that maze, that blue, blue, blue suit with the maze stripes, you know, so a lot of energy going around. Uh, uh, with uh, Juwan coming home and uh, and, and what that's going to mean and building on uh, what uh, John Beeline, uh, you know, uh, put together in his 12-year run at, at Michigan and, re- you know, really kind of, uh, you know, getting it back into that national conversation. Uh, so we're excited to hear about that. But, you know, our show, if you're a first-time listener, um, we enter the open mic, then we get to the cipher, which is the heart of our conversation, and we have a special guest. And then we always got to end, you know, it's one of those things that we do culturally is we end with the elder with the last word, we're dropping the mic. Uh, but So we're going to enter the open mic right now and, 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 and get it going, and we have a couple of topics we're going to hit in on that we're going to push around. And I'm going to start with, till this day, till this day, i got to bring the youngin' in. You know, that, that man Wilder, that man Wilder had a, had, had a saying that went around the world when, when he said, till this day, but he also had a, a right hand that was felt around the world uh, uh, on Saturday night. Man, t- tell me... What your thoughts were like when you watched that? Or watched that? Uh, watched it unfold? Well, I'm well. You know, I predicted this. I yes, said I'll be very surprised if it gets if it gets outside of the first three rounds. But um, even though I expected it, it should be an early knockout. It didn't make me any less excited to see it. When I saw, it, I jumped out of my seat and ran around the house. It was crazy. <laughs> but I pulled a hate. For all of my listeners, I pulled a Hank or uh, a Hank Davis. But um, um, I got a question for you. Where does Wilder's power rank for you compared to the great? If you have the power of like a Ernie Shavers or a, um, a George Foreman to you, or where would you rate his powers? Wow, I would say it's that, but it's almost like those are like uh, atomic bombs where like. It was like thickness hitting you. His is almost like a, a missile, meaning the power is just so explosive and exact versus, you know, if George just touched you, you fell down. You know what I'm saying? Or Ernie Shavers touched you with like a blunt force. You know, he's like, he's like a heat-seeking missile. So, I don't, you know, it's, it's got to be up there because it's like he – but it, it almost seems like those fighters hit you with a, um, kind of a – a uh, 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 thud, or uh, and it, it's not. It doesn't seem like they they swung with the with the with the with the speed, like. And I think a lot of it has to do with his athleticism, that it comes with so much quickness. Whereas you know they 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 swung, but it was just like it was you know it was that traditional power where if they touch you on anything, you know you're gonna fall. But it just seems like he comes with so like his his speed. Uh, from when he kind of winds up and, and, and explodes through you, is at such a high rate that has something to do with the power versus those those guys just being 
kind of big guy that just hits you in, in, in almost like a Rick Mahorn love cast and you just fell out. You know what I'm saying? That <laughs> it's a difference, and it, it's hard to judge. And I think that's why his looks so spectacular. And I think a lot of it has to do with his build because those guys have mass, right? They had they had mass, and he he's like he's a he's a basketball player. He's like he's like a wing. You know what I'm saying? That's hitting it, and so <laughs> you know he has power, but he still he was, what is he? Would he come in like at two twenty three? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and he was six, seven, he's six seven two twenty. Yeah, six seven two three. So he's probably on the same size as um, Justin Winslow, probably. He's about that size. Yeah, so so, so it looks different than those two, but his power, you know, all time is up there because the, the way he's doing it, he's touching up elite fighters like that. You know what I'm saying? Like at least in his era. He's touching them up, and they laying down. And other than Tyson Fury, you know, who did the Undertaker move, you know, they're not getting up. And I don't know what Brazil was talking nah, about. No, he laid – Tyson Fury laid down, too. Tyson Fury um, – yeah. Oh, he laid he, down. He, he went to sleep. No, he went to sleep, and then the ref woke him up. But he still got yeah, up. Somebody, he got up. Put some gypsy dust on him or something. He got, he got right up. <laughs> he was like – but, it was but, so it, it just It just – it looks – the way it looks is different. You know, um, where you feel like you can hit by math with those other two and, and some of the other heavyweights, uh, even like Mike Tyson, it's like that mass is hitting you. Whereas it feels like he just hitting you with a slingshot and you just bam and it's and it's accurate. Hank, what was your feeling? But Mike Tyson, okay. Let me hear Hank what you're saying. Hank, what's your feeling? Listen, when I saw the what what was that the, the twelve seconds of that fight when I yep. saw that. That that was one of them PlayStation knockouts. That's what that was. <laughs> okay, that was one of them knockouts. That's exactly what it was. It was, it was, it was. It wasn't like you 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 bring up a Mike Tyson, you bring up a Ernie Shavers. Okay, where what you saw with a Mike Tyson was he would get inside of you, leverage you on the inside, and bust you with that uppercut. You're going to sleep. Okay, the rest of the fighters you talked about. You know they might they might try to punish you a little bit, then they might catch you with one of those with one of those punches. But what I saw Wilder do was come out. He threw one punch. That's superhero stuff. Okay, he threw he threw one punch, and it was an overhand punch. Okay, and normally when you start a fight, you come out with a form overhand punch like that. You might stagger the man, but he put this man to sleep. I ain't never seen anything like it. So, 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 you know, I want to see him some more. I know that with his athleticism, as we've talked about, as well as his height, you know, he's coming from 6'7", okay? So he can drop that punch right on your jaw, okay, with accuracy if he's stepping in, okay? And that's that same type of, type, type of punching uh, ability that a young George Foreman used to have. The young George Foreman used to punch like Batman, okay? <laughs> Truly, when you go yeah. back to the down gold Frazier fight, he used to punch like Batman did in the comic books. All right, and this kind of the way I look, I look at seriously, seriously. All the thing you needed was 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 the word bubble, you know, bam, pow, oof. <laughs> you know, but that's what I saw here. You know, you know, you know, knocked out. You know, so that's what I saw here. So definitely caught caught the caught caught my eye out because I was one of those that said damn with about sixteen A's in the middle because I had never seen I hadn't seen that before. <laughs> And uh, uh, so, uh, Darnell, you were going to say something as we were talking, comparing. You were going to say something about Tyson in terms of comparison. Oh, oh yeah, because you're talking about um, how 
how Ernie Shavers and um, George Foreman have more of a thudding power. Their power is more brute strength. And um, Deontay Wilder's power is more of like an explosion. But I would say yeah. the same thing for uh, Mike Tyson as well. Mike Tyson's power was um, – Vander Holyfield explained this in the, um, in the interview. He said um, George Foreman hit harder, but um, Mike Tyson's power was a sharper power because it was more explosive. But um, when George Foreman hit him, he um, at the end of the rounds he went to the he went to his corner and said um, he had to make sure he had all of his teeth in. He thought he thought George knocked his teeth out. So I was a different type. It was a different type of power right there. So that was what I was going to bring up. It, 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 it truly depends on where the words landed. Okay, if you talk about the band of Holyfield, the man had a cedar brick for a head. Okay, and, 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 and the thing is, he took a lot. He took a lot of punishment, and was just able to withstand it and get those fighters into later rounds. He did it with Tyson. He did it with uh, Foreman. But Foreman, like you said, he would bludgeon you to death. Okay, and and he, but 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 it may not be where it would hurt. Okay, it might rattle you, but it may not knock you out. Mike Tyson could put that uppercut right on the point of your jaw. You going to sleep? Okay. You're going to sleep. And that was what he that's what he had Custy model really teaching him to really pinpoint accurately throw those 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 power shots and put those fighters. And I see that with Wilder. Okay, because you look at where Wilder put that punch on Brazil. It was like he really knocked him back into Brazil. <laughs> the, it, 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 the, 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 the killer was just all the reactions. I mean, Twitter, I mean you add social media into it, it it, it amplifies um, the, the the experience uh, for it. Uh, I mean, Wilder's reaction uh, 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 post uh, it, you know, uh, you know, boxers' reaction, athletes' reaction. I mean, folks lost their mind uh, on that thing, and I, I was like, man, I thought I thought he was about to catch a case. You know, I, I think he might not get up. You know, he, he talked about he talked about getting that body. He might not get up. I think I thought he caught, thought he was going to catch a case on this one. So that that one was the one. That uh, uh, that got me, and the fact that you know he did exactly what he what he did, and but I, what I did appreciate was the fact that he was they were able to somewhat at the end, uh, you know, dust off a lot of that animosity that they had um, as uh, uh, you know pre-fight in terms of building up to the fight. So it, yeah. was, it was good that they, they they were able to squash some of that, um, you know, at the at the at the end of the fight. So that was always a good thing. One of the things I want to hear. But I, I agree with yep. What you said? I was going to say, I agree with Hank. That was a cartoon knockout because if you, if you saw, Dominic Brazil was on the ground doing snow angels. Oh, yeah, he was. <laughs> and, 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 he, and he said he could continue to fight. Uh, that wasn't going to work that way. That wasn't going to work that way. <laughs> we got one more topic before we bring in our special guest. I want you all to hit here for a minute. Uh, Drake. Like, Drake in the middle of everything, man. Like, Drake is in the middle of everything. Uh, Drake is in the middle of everything. You know, and uh, what's, what's your reaction to that? All the conversation around that. Let me, you know what? Let me, let me say this, okay? First of all, I got one question. Who, does, who keeps giving uh, Drake uh, a field and court pass? I mean, He's this cat ambassador. gets everywhere. Huh? He's a global Say ambassador. Again? He's a global he ambassador. Must, he most certainly is. 
I mean, but he has no loyalty to nobody. All right? He was on the field in Ann Arbor. He was on the court in East Lansing. Now he's now he's in Toronto. Okay? And he's always got that old crazy grin. All right? I can promise you, you know, I'm old school. I'm like, who is this cat? All right? And it's like, why is he why is anybody allowing him to get under their skin? It cracks me up because this is in the Eastern Conference. This is a very interesting Eastern Conference. This is one of the first Eastern Conference finals, okay, in the last, what, seven, eight years, okay, that did not involve LeBron James, maybe longer than that, that did not involve LeBron James, all right? And you've got two budding superstars or two superstars now that, that are trying to capture the attention, okay? Um uh, uh, you know, uh, you got you got uh, um, uh, the the Greek freak, okay. You got Kyrie, not Kyrie. Uh, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, but you got them too. And 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 who gets the who gets the uh, the spotlight? Who gets the spotlight? Drake, okay. And of all people that's giving him the spotlight, it's the ex. Uh, it, 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 it's it's the it's the um, the the agent, the ex-agent of the Greek freak. Why say anything? Why say anything? And I, you know, I hear you, what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Before we get too far into it, we got a special guest that okay. we want to bring in. So okay. We'll come back to Drake. We're not going to let Drake mess up our show. Drake going to have to wait because we got a, we got a guest bigger than that. I, I want to welcome to the show uh, uh, one of Michigan's own. Member of the National Championship 1989 team. To me, I already told him that. Had, had one of the best uh, dunks in the Final Four I've ever seen over Lowell Hamilton. I love that story. He talked about it. But now Michigan's back on the map with Juwan Howard. And so we're glad to have with us on the show my man, Sean Higgins. How you doing, Sean? I'm good, man. How you doing? Man, we're doing well. Uh, I appreciate you uh you know, uh, making time to be it's a, it's a it's a good time. You, you're on the phone with uh, myself, my my co-host uh, Hank Davis and uh, Darnell Kirkland. They, they'll they'll chime in and ask some questions here in, in a minute. Um, but we, we definitely want to talk about this uh, uh, for the few of us on the phone. We, we have uh, we all have a connection to that area. So uh, the hiring of of, of Howard was uh, important to us in many different ways. Uh, but I, I think it's a, a really important story myself for for college basketball. And, and before we get into talking about Juwan in, in, in Michigan, you know, um, you know, as someone who was just recently on campus, as y'all being honored uh, for y'all, y'all championship in 1989, how would you capture the work that John Beeline did to kind of set Michigan up to this moment? Well, I think what he did, he changed the culture. You know, before he got there, there was a cloud over the program. And, and you know, we all know what that was about, but uh, John Beeline changed the culture of our program. He came in, he had a structure of his core values, and he brought in kids that uh, that bought into it. And, you know, the University of Michigan, you know, our pedigree is all about character, integrity, and doing things the right way on and off the court. And so I think Coach Beeline did a great job of establishing that culture and, and the brand. And I think Juwan Howard <clears throat> coming in now, um, have an opportunity to continue that. One, one of the things I, I you know, as I listen to um, 
even Jalen uh, talk about, you know, prior as, as, as people were, um, you know, considering and thinking about the possibility of, of, of Juwan being uh, uh, the coach there, you know, a lot of times when they mention it, that your name and Glenn and Loy and, you know, people don't understand the impact that your team actually had on those guys in terms of how they view Michigan basketball and, and that connectivity between your national championship group. Um, you know, Rob Lincoln played with them. He also played with you. Um, you know, there's some connectivity there, but you can also tell the impact that, that y'all have on them when I hear them speak publicly when they talk about – they only talk about themselves coming back, but they talk about – the way of reengaging folks like you in the program, as people were considering Howard, how was how was the the, the buildup of you know you as alums and how did y'all engage in that process? What does this mean to y'all, uh, you know, as an alumni community, even beyond how people frame it about the Fab Five? Well, you know, just to kind of you know backtrack a little bit, you know, the Fab Five, man, you know, th- th- those kids, especially Jalen and Chris, being from Michigan, those like our little brothers. You know, That's I remember right. Jalen and Chris. Yeah, yeah, I remember Jalen and Chris coming up and playing in the Sandy Sanders League with us in the summer in ninth grade. And you know, <laughs> you know, we, we're we're grown men, and they're holding their own against us. And so they they got a chance to watch us play every day. I I heard Jalen today talk about how we were his squad. He was on ESPN and talking about how our '89 team was his squad when he was coming up as a youngster. And I think what we did when we were able to you know win a national title when it's the way we played and carried ourselves. It kind of uh, it, it influenced those guys, and you know once Jalen and Chris, well Juwan actually signed first with the Fab Five, and then uh, then the rest of the guys followed. Um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's how it went down. Yep. But you know him only being from Chicago, he was right around the corner, so he got a chance to see us play all the time as well. So you know that 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 resonated with them, <clears throat> and uh, and and just the fact you know that you know Beeline really started the the whole Calvary of bringing us back uh, and acknowledging the former players. And, and, you know, that's another feather in his hat uh, for doing that. And, it, and it's going to help recruiting, you know, when, when young players can see the tradition and, and, and the backstories of, of University of Michigan basketball and, uh, and, and bringing in a former player and bringing in an alumni. Uh, the, all that resonates, you know, with, with, uh, with, with our program nationally. And I, I think that's important. And, you know, one of the things I, I always try to capture in terms of this, the bridge of this, is that, you know, Beeline was, uh, had, you know, 270, uh, he had 278 wins, 150 losses in 12 seasons. You know, we all, you know, Big Ten championships, appearances in the title game. So he really built the program. One of the things that I know people have talked about over the years is you as someone who has, you know, grew up in the Ann Arbor area, understands, uh, you know, just the, the, the landscape of Michigan, um, and, and everything else, there's always been this, this idea that Michigan kind of gave up a share of recruiting in places like Flint and Saginaw and Detroit and, and places like that that also could bring quality players uh, uh, to uh, the university. How do you think the hiring of Howard does to, to kind of, you know, a place where, you know, for Michigan State, for the most part, it's kind of, you know, they, they, they're like the Miami Hurricanes. They kind of drew a circle around it. Um, how, how do you well, see Howard to interrupt that? Well, I think that's the way to combat that because Michigan State was able to, you know, grab a lot of those uh, blue chippers from us in the state, you know, just from the fact that they had more NBA players recently um, than we have. I mean, when you talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. and uh, and and, and 
Stalkers, Nick Stalkers. You know, that's just recent. But if you go down the list, you're talking about Mo Pete. You know, you can go down the list of guys from Michigan State, you know, Mateen Cleaves. You know, those guys, you know, they, they, they kind of, uh, you know, put Michigan State back on the map because Michigan State was down. I mean, when we were in school, you know, you didn't hear about Michigan State like that other than Steve Smith. And so, you know, now, you know, Michigan State has taken over the Rams somewhat, I would say. I mean, Beeline was making it happen with kids that were not, you know, your your so-called McDonald's All-Americans or your blue chippers coming out of high school. He was able to develop talent. And so with Juwan being there, he's going to be able to do that. Plus, he has the NBA pedigree that's going to attract those blue chippers because let's be honest here. You know, all kids want to play in the NBA. Most yeah. kids are trying to get to college. They want to play in the NBA. That's why they pick the schools that they do, because that's their dream. And Juwan's going to be able to sell them that dream and give them an honest opportunity to come in and develop and do that. And who else better to do that than someone who's already been there? I always tell people, if you want to be a doctor, don't learn from a plumber. And and, <laughs> and that's... Uh, <laughs> And, and that's what we have now. We got a doctor at the at the at the, at the helm now, and picking up the pieces right 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 where uh, Coach Beeline left off. You know, I think Juwan's going to do a do an excellent job. You know, the first year is going to be tough, um, and, and it's give him a chance to establish his culture and his brand and see what he can do. And, and before I hand it over to uh, Hank, uh, yeah, I think that's one of the things that you know as I was looking at it. You know, you have uh, – he has an opportunity uh, possibly to talk to, I think, uh, uh, Franz Va- uh, Wagner, uh, Mo Wagner's brother might be a possible – I think he was on campus last week. Um, so part of it is cleaning that up and then, you know, obviously building his coaching staff. There's some existing coaches there on the, uh, on the roster. But it also provides an opportunity even to bring back some former Michigan players who are coaching um, as well, who have people like Mark Hughes and some of these other guys who have been coaching – uh, uh, places as well. So even building that culture, uh, you know, getting some more folks who are from Michigan involved in that whole recruiting process as well. Do you see your Do you see yourselves as alums being tapped a little bit more around that recruiting part? Well, you know, I'm a Michigan man through and through. So if there's anything I can do to support the program and support Juwan, I'm here for him. You know, everyone has my phone number, so. Anything that I can do, and when I'm out on the circuit, I'm actually at a game right now, scouting a spring league high school game. And um, so, 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 yeah, and I and I got on a Michigan a Michigan uh, fleece right now with a big M on it. <laughs> so you know these kids, these kids, yeah, these kids see me when I walk in the gym, so they they know about the amazing blue and the block M. And so I'm always represent the school, the university, the community. Um, and, and all the rest of the guys will too. And that, that's why I thought this was a good hire. Um, you know, just basically, um, you know, piggybacking off of Beeline, you know, and, and keeping that momentum going. And uh, you know, we, we, we're in good shape right now, man. You know, you know, it's a family. Michigan basketball is it's a fraternity. And so, whatever we can do to support the program, I'm sure everyone is on board. Well, this is what we're gonna do. We know you're we know you're uh, uh, out there and busy, and we love to be able to uh, 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 have you even come back and, and visit with us. Um, you know, it, it's this is a good time in Michigan basketball, and uh, you know, uh, I love to be able to engage you as we start to see this onboarding a little bit. Um, sure. But I also wanted to, I also wanted to um, give you an opportunity. Um, you know, as we always do in here, to talk a little bit about what you're doing, because uh, I think you're doing really good work w- uh, with young folks. 
Yeah, what I what I um what I'm doing right now in terms of basketball, I run a, a organization uh called Nine Star Basketball Camps and Scouting Services. We're uh NCA compliant our scouting services, which means we can sell our scholar reports uh, and distribute them to college programs throughout the country. Uh, we do combine and uh showcase events. Basically our first uh first part of our camps is all station skill stations. And then the second day is a uh, five-on-five game. So we streamline our, our games to college coaches during the dead period so they can't come out. So it gives kids opportunities to get more exposure because the NCAA has cut back the live events, the live periods now. And so it's not as much exposure for kids who may, per se, fall through the cracks. And so we provide that, that, that alternative for kids and student-athletes uh, to you know, be seen by college programs. And so that, that's primarily what I do in terms of basketball right now. Previous to that, I was coaching at the JUCO level. I was the head coach in Seattle at a JUCO. Was able to send, uh, you know, close to 30 kids throughout a three-year span to, uh, to four-year universities. And four of those kids are playing overseas now. So I, I feel good about that. Sorry if you guys hear a lot of noise in the background. Like I was mentioning to you guys, I'm at a basketball game right now. No, nah, we all good. We all good. Well, you know, we we okay. we thank you. We thank you for the time. Go, before we go, before we go, I, I got I got to get in. Okay, I, I got to holler at Sean real quick. Sean, it's been a long yeah. time since I've heard you, brother. Uh, you may not remember me. We go all the way back to the 1989 era. Uh, I'm cousin of, uh, of of Maurice and Chuck. You know, we used to, you, we used to sit around there and you used to talk about how much you used to love Sarah for the Sun back in the day, man. So we go all the way back to back to that time. Yeah, you know, we we was kids then. But before yeah. you go, I I just need for you to uh, uh, answer a question for me, okay? You okay. Uh, of of the team that won the national championship saw the Fab Five, and you that were and so you of all people know the Michigan fan base. You know how fickle right. the Michigan fan base is. Uh, uh, help me. To to uh, calm the Michigan fan base down about Juwan Howard, about his lack of experience not being as much of a factor as they're making it out to be. Well, you know, for one, I mean, how do you expect him to get experience? You know, you have to give him the opportunity. And the other part of right. it is he has experience. I mean, he played 20 years in the NBA. I mean, and he's coached six years in the NBA. So that's a total of 26 years he's played and been around professional basketball. He was a high school All-American. And, and I'm not here to, you know, to toot Juwan's horn because the verdict is still out there if he's going to be able to get the job done. But in terms of his qualifications, who else is more qualified than he is, you know, that was available? And so the Michigan fan base has to give him an opportunity. You know, I see all the things that they're putting out there on social media in terms of, you know, walk them home and, you know, we can't wait to get started and see you on the sidelines. Then, you know, don't just say that. Believe in it and, and, and get a guy a chance. I agree with you. And just to add one more thing to that is that you can't lump one guy into a group of guys or, or a few guys that may have got involved or caught up in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in some controversy. You know, from what I understood during that time, Juwan Howard was squeaky clean. And so, you know, uh, you can't you can't lump Juwan Howard into that same group, you know, in terms of you know what happened with the uh, with the fallout. I, I think I you get it right on the head. Right, Red. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, you, I think you're right on with that. And I, and I think one of the things that I think is uh, important to hit on this is he, well, he, I believe he graduated in three years. And so, I mean, yes, he did. one of the things that we talk about excellence, um, he, I think he graduated before he left in three years. So I think people have to no, remember he, that. No, he ended up going, he, he came back after his rookie year and got his degree. After his year. Yeah. So it was, it was, yeah. it was after his junior year. So I mean, you know, when you when you think about that that the whole idea of what it means to, means to be a student athlete and fulfilling sure. what you want to have in Michigan, he's done that. On top of that, right. so right, you, you, I, I agree with you talking about you know giving a chance. I think all the advantages he have is that you know, and what we see with Penny Hardaway is that there's an awareness uh, about who he is, and and you know that as well is that that awareness about who he is uh, and, and and how he approaches things will play well in home. So. You know, like you said, we gotta give him a chance, see what's going on, but we can't deny that the energy's there. So there's a lot of positive. Oh, energy no question about it. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, man, no I'm not gonna hold you. I, I want you to be able to do what you're doing at the school there. But I would say this: we always want to bring you back to RSG, brother. Anytime you're on here, we love having you. Uh, we appreciate you, and uh, we will always try to promote what you're doing because we appreciate what you're doing for the young folks. Uh, so I want you to, you know, have a blessed, uh, blessed evening, man, and I look forward to. Uh, connecting with you again soon. Oh, anytime, man. I look forward to it and I always have a good time talking to you guys, man. And, you know, especially when we're talking about the schoolhouse and, and Michigan and Ann Arbor and, and Detroit, you know, that's that's the stumping grounds, man. And, you know, we, we did some great things during that era. So it's always fun to reminisce and talk about the stuff. And it's an exciting time in Michigan basketball right now. You know, bringing back one of the Fab Five members, one of our own, and uh, and just, you know, taking our program to the next level. You know, we need some more banners up there, man. That, that's hey, it. Hey. That's it. <laughs> so you, so get out there and get your tickets, people. And uh, we want to thank again our man, Sean Higgins, member of the 1989 National Championship team, uh, uh, former NBA player, did everything at all levels, and now he's developing that next generation of talent, man. Sean, uh, uh, be well, man, and, and until next time. All right, likewise, man. Thanks a lot. All right, take care. Thanks, Sean. All right, thanks a lot. Thank you. Sean Higgins, y'all, it's it's, uh, it's great to have that kind of uh, insight, you know, at this time. You know, RG, we try to push it up, y'all. Uh, I want to bring Hank and Darnell back in. Um, definitely want to respect his time. I thought he brought, he brought us a lot of uh, interesting things that we can debrief about. Um let me start with you, Darnell. You had a chance to kind of just sit back and, you know, it, because you come from this different generational perspective, in some ways you grew up, you know, uh, at that time seeing a lot of the Flintstones and everything else in, a, in, in, in Go Florida, Green. You know, by yeah. the Go Green. But, but like you said, you might be showing up in Chrysler Arena a couple of times because there's something about that. You know, yeah. what, what did you kind of take away from this conversation and, and what you've been hearing? Well, I got a lot of love for the Five Five, um, Jalen Rose, especially because um, I've been listening to the Jalen and Jacoby podcast since I was a sophomore in high school, and that was, that was good. That was 2012, so I've been listening to the show for a good six, seven years. So um, I, uh, I'm pretty fond of that era of U of M basketball and stuff, so, like, um, just the whole energy around the situation. You'll probably see me at a couple games if um, – Juwan Howard's there, but um, like I said earlier, I grew up a state fan because, um, like Sean was saying earlier, 
um, it's just the area that kids grew up in. Like nowadays, most of the guys around the area, we're going to state because uh, we grew up watching Morris Peterson, uh, Zach Randolph, Jason Richardson, Bettini Cleese, Shannon Brown, Draymond Green, that whole generation of players. And Michigan wasn't wasn't necessarily on the same level, but um, now it's Jawan Howard. Maybe they can get some of the new um, the new blue chip prospects coming up. So that could be a good um, a good thing for Michigan basketball and for things to come. I, I think yeah, those are, those are really good points. And you know, Hank, you provided you know a different perspective, and you've been able to see this arc, man. You able to see. You know, I talked to you, my like, you, my brother Steve. I mean, y'all been watching, you know, Michigan basketball, you know, uh, since some runs in the '70s when they had them great teams, and you kind of seen this arc and this ebb and flow over time. Like, how do you, how do you want to reflect on this? Um, I hope I'm not getting too much into your drop the mic segment, but how do you want, how you know, how do you, as you hear Sean speak, you know, how would you want to tie the bow up with that? Listen, this is this. I, I think this is a great hire for Michigan, okay, because. What I have really been frustrated with over the course of the time that they, that from the time we spoke last week about the potential of a Jawan Howard potentially being Michigan's new head coach, is this whole uh, dark cloud that some of the fan base wants to cast on with what the Fab Five did, you know, and, and in particular a couple of players. But the thing that frustrates me the most is the one model citizen that came out of the Fab Five, not that the that uh, Ray King or Ray Jackson or Jimmy King weren't model citizens or even um, Jalen Rose or Chris Webber, okay? But we know what we know about about certain players. But Jawan Howard, after Jalen Rose, after Chris Webber went pro, he took that team himself, carried them on his shoulders to the Elite Eight, okay, and almost beat Carlos Williamson and the Arkansas Razorbacks who ended up winning the national championship that year. Okay, he went on to have a successful uh, career in the NBA and become a coach. He also graduated from the University of Michigan. He should be the one uh, prodigal son that the fan base should welcome back and give an opportunity to. All right, but no one is seeing that, and that's the thing about it right now that that kind of is frustrating. If you're going to take a chance, take a chance on a man that you know is going to have passion for the job because he knows what's going on here. I, 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 I'm happy for the hire. And let me just take a step back, too. All right, he needs to be given his time, as Sean said, to figure out what it is and how he is he's going to do the thing because he has passion. He wants to be here. All right, when, when John Beeline and the job he did was, was stellar in the last six years, all right, and, I don't, and, I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to throw no shade, but in the last six years, his job was stellar. In the first six years, he, 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 was, he just was keeping the, the, the program out there. He didn't get on the map until after 2013. Don't forget that. But the fan base, and it gave him, it gave him a chance to figure it out. Juwan Howard deserved that same chance. I applaud the, the hire. I'm glad to see that the Michigan basketball alumni is in his corner 110% and go blue, and let's see what happens. Hey, that's and and, and I, you know I agree with that. I mean, I think one of the things that I I love about um, these hires and some of these majors is, is you know in basketball that one sport is it, it diversifying the face of college basketball. I mean, I think where people are struggling so much, what's happening with Penny is Penny's out here taking players and doing things and and winning in ways that people only think Coach K should be doing, and it's throwing people off a little bit that he's having all the success. Um, but 
if you think about it, you shouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, he's little penny. You know, they, 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 these folks, these youngins got YouTube as well. You know, they, they saw they saw the thirty for thirty as well. They know what he brings to the table, right. and there's and there's something about understanding the game, particularly as as he said, these these players are trying to prepare to play at the at the NBA uh, level, and these guys know what it takes to actually get there. And so, you know, part of what he's going to have to do is, you know, uh, try to um, maintain some of the staff. He's got some really good uh, assistant coaches. Some of them were interviewed uh, to be uh, the head coach, and he's got to figure out, you know, his, his ability to keep some of those. Obviously, he's got his own uh, names on the list, but he's got some really good ones in-house. Uh, and then he's got some recruits. If he can recover a couple of these recruits with what he has there, uh, he, he could he, he could have a promising team. You know, if he can figure out how to get Wagner's brothers to come over rather than doing one year in the pros, that's a guy that's a blue chipper and who can come in and play right, right. away. So he's got – And know, how do you think – Huh? What do you think about the possibility of um of LeBron's son or um, Dwayne Wade's son coming to Michigan because of um, their relationship with Joel Howard? That, I mean, a lot of people have been talking about that, that, you know, that the, the possibility of Wade's son and, Juwan, and uh, LeBron's son coming to Michigan because they know what they're going to get. And both of them really don't trust these systems. And so they're going to be looking for somebody they trust right. to not only play the basketball part, but the, the, to raise the kids. Guys like Dwayne and, and, and LeBron have a different understanding of what they want to have at the college level. They, are, they, already, compare, they can already talk to the kids about what it's going to mean to be uh, in the pros. They're sending their kids to college for that, that that total experience, however they long they stay. And so, I think he, I think you're gonna where you're gonna see some of the the excitement is those kids. And you know I you know I don't know how maybe is Pippen's kid already ready to go. I mean you got Pippen's you got a lot of you got a lot of these ex pros, you know these former stars and or people retiring or whatever who have their young people who are at these ages uh, to perform. You know if they would have hired him probably a, a month or two ago. He might have got Anthony's son, you know, who went to North Carolina. You know, so, you know, those are the kind of players uh, who are coming through the pipeline right now that he might have access to because people know what they're getting. So you're right. I mean, I think this exactly. is interesting. And you know he knows the X knows. If he spent all that time down in Miami with Spolster and all that, you ain't got to worry about game management. That part is the part people worry about. Um and he's already he can walk into Chicago in ways we haven't been able to walk in Chicago in years. Uh, so th- there are there are there are places he can walk uh, and, and go. So I think you're right, but I don't think he's going to need as much time as John Beeline needs, like six years to make it happen. I don't think that's going to be his trajectory. No, he's not. Doesn't mean he wins a national championship, whatever. But you're talking about having a highly competitive preseason rankings, you know, in the top ten, being in that conversation on a consistent basis. Um, Having a, a top ten recruiting class in that conversation, that won't take him very long. You know, does that result in two championship appearances right away? Maybe not. Could whatever. Those are to be to be determined. Well, hey guys, I want to thank y'all for putting this all together. As I told you, we cannot leave this one without having our man Hank do what he got to do to drop the mic. We got to have the elder do it. So Hank, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Okay, thank you. You know, it's been a lot of great conversation tonight. But I want to I want to have a little lighter drop the mic this evening. Um, and it's going to be on my passion, and that's baseball. But it's not going to be like what you think. So a couple of weeks ago, I'm, I'm perusing the sports page 
And I'm trying to see, you know, what what's going on in baseball that's a little bit off the cuff, that's not just in the mainstream that anybody can see. And all of a sudden, I look up, and I see that uh, Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod, you know, is suing a magazine for catching him in a compromising position. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, wow, Alex Rodriguez is caught in a compromising position. All right, now, what do I know about him? I know that his wife, you know, is, is J-Lo, you know, Jennifer Lopez. Maybe he, maybe they caught them doing something. My God, you know, this must be really juicy, spicy. So, you know, and, and you know, when you're a celebrity, you have to be careful of these sort of things. You just got to be careful because everybody's trying to catch you doing something you don't want to be seen. All right, and get out there. However, I don't think that, Whoever took this picture of Alex Rodriguez, either he should be fired or they should give him therapy. Because this is not one I think anybody in their right mind is trying to see nor wants to have ingrained into their vision. I find out later that the picture that was taken of Alex Rodriguez in the compromising position caught him with the blinds open taking a dump. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And you're going to sue somebody for doing this. Somebody please help me understand why I want to open up a, a browser and see such foolishness. I would absolutely not. Nor would I call my lawyer if I'm Alex Rodriguez and said, you've got to sue for this. My integrity has been compromised. You've got to be out of your mind. You know, you've got to be crapping me, Alex Rodriguez. Y'all have a good night.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.